time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress To the city point Giving him your best, nothing like the rest Passing every test, you know he's the one, yeah Taking time to rest, time to refresh, no stress Yo, Happy New Year, City Point. It is so great to be with you all today. We are kicking off a new series, a new year, a new year of dopeness here at the Dopest Church on the Planet, and I'm excited to be with you all today. We are kicking off a series called Cash Rules. That's right, Cash Rules. I'm going to be talking about the Cash Rules, four of them to be exact. And this week we're kicking it off talking about the rule that all money ain't no money. Yeah, all money ain't your money. So let's jump into a quick word of prayer, and then we'll jump right into this word. Father Jesus, name, thank you so much for giving us a chance to come together. Thank you that we made it over into a new year. I pray in the name of Jesus that you will speak the word through me to be your people in a way that is real, that is relevant to them, and in a way that meets them where they are. Open up our hearts to receive what you would have to say, and be glorified through us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to talk about all money ain't your money. All money ain't your money. That is cash rule number one. These are my coins. These are my coins. I get these coins by being out there on my grizzle, on my mind, on my grind, out there working hard. How many of y'all are out there working hard? Out there on your grizzle, out there trying to get it. These coins are mine. I possess them because I work hard for the money. But even though I possess these coins, not all of them are mine. You see, for every one of them that I earn, every 10 of them that I earn, rather, one of them belongs to somebody else. Yeah, all money ain't my money. You see, one of them out of the 10, I don't get to keep. Nine of them I get to keep and I get to take home and I get to do whatever I want to do with them. But one of them belongs to the one who created me. It belongs to the one who gave me the power and ability to earn it in the first place. It belongs to God. If this is God's coin. One out of every ten of the coins that I make, that I hustle for, that I bring in, belongs to God. That's how I'm going to talk about this. That's how I'm going to kick off this series. And that's what I'm going to talk about in this sermon is that even though we, gr- we get on our grizzle, that we grind, that we hustle, that we put in the hard work, that we work the long hours, that we get up early and we stay up late hustling to make money. The reality is all of it does not belong to us. One of them belongs to God. For the month of January, we'll be digging into this topic of finance. It is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. It is an area to which I feel very deeply called. And so many of you know that, um, that Carla and I, my, my, my spouse and I, we started an organization called Young and Debtless after we have spent over two and a half years of our lives grinding and executing a strategy to pay off all of our debt. And then we decided, this is some seven years ago or so at this point, we decided that once we finished that journey, we wanted to help 
help other people, especially within the body of Christ, apply those same principles that we applied, those principles of discipline and strategy to be able to get out of debt themselves and to experience the same freedom that we experience. And so because of that, we launched uh, Young and Debtless, and we launched a podcast, and we have done church conferences, and we have uh, done things out of state, and we have blogged, and we have worked with people for free, um, one-on-one, to coach them on like better ways to handle their personal finances and creating a strategy to be able to pay off debt. We also started a company called YD Investments, which is our, our real estate investment company. So once we paid off all of our debt, our next A piece was, all right, as it relates to our money, now that we don't owe anybody any money, how do we then take that money and grow money with that money? They say money does not grow on trees, but money does grow. It just don't grow on trees. And so we started looking at ways to grow money and decided that we were going to leverage real estate to grow money. And so we started this company, YD Investments, and we were buying properties on the south side of Chicago in Bronzeville and southeast side of Chicago. We bought properties, and, and over the course of, uh, it's, been, it's been less than five years, we have bought nine properties, and we flipped several properties, and we've been able to build up a pretty good portfolio. I share these things with you because I want to establish for you credibility around what I'm going to be talking about over the course of this month. I want to share this backstory because this month I will be talking about finances from the Word of God, but I will also be talking to you about finances from my own personal experiences and personal success. I'm hoping that my experiences allow you to see me as a trusted guide as we move through these various pieces of, form, of finance. So here's the format for this series. Week one, we're going to be talking about all money ain't your money. That is rule one. Rule number two, which we will hit in week two, is stack money. Rule number three, which we will hit in week three, is get money. And rule number four, which we will talk about in week four, is give money. So one, all money ain't your money. Two, stack money. Three, get money, and four, give money. So let's continue in all money ain't yo money. Let's look at Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, it's the famous text on tithing. Some people have misused it and abused it, but I'm going to try to use it the right way for y'all. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, it says, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's army. But you ask, how can we return when we actually never have gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are cursed. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not, fail, will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed. For your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Let me give you some background. God had 
commanded tithing in the Old Testament. It was a part of God's law or scripture for Israel. That word tithe literally means a tenth, and it, it, it wasn't even exclusive to Israel. Many people that were serving and worshiping other gods or other deities, they offered a tithe or a tenth of their produce and their livestock to the God that they worshiped. Malachi was a prophet, and God raised Malachi up during the time of Nehemiah when they had first rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, and things were going well back then, and people uh, were once again, they were giving, they were tithing, they were bringing a tenth, as God had commanded them to do. But after some time passed, the people just got a little comfortable, right? They began, whatever reason, to fall off with their tithing. Life got better. Life was Gucci for them. They didn't perhaps feel like they needed God in the same way, and so they just started to fall off a bit in their tithing. They were indeed giving, but they were not tithing. Two things were problematic about what they were doing. First of all, they were bringing less than the tithe. Second of all, they were bringing the worst of what they had, right? The blind and and the lame animals or the worst of their um, crop they were bringing as a tithe to the storehouse. And so like Big Worm on Friday, God is eventually like, Smokey, quit playing with me. Bring the whole tithe. Because they had been playing with God. He allowed their crops to fail because of that. He allowed their fruit to be eaten by pests on the vine. And there was a lesson there. Don't try to get ahead by putting God behind. Because here was the principle. Not only did the tithe or the tenth belong to God, But really, in actuality, the whole 100% belong to God. The last time I checked, Scripture says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. That means that God lays claim and title to everything, to all of it. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. The Word says that it is He who gives us power to get wealth. All of it belongs to God in the first place, not just the 10%. They were to understand that they were just simply stewards. They were just money managers for God. They were effectively just Morgan Stanley or Charles Schwab or Fidelity, and God was the client. The money may have indeed been on their books, but it belonged to God. And as the client, God said, take 10% of my assets and put that 10% in my temple fund. But they neglected to do this. And can I stop and just say parenthetically that when I give church to when I give money to the church, I'm not donating, I'm allocating. God has made me his money manager. Everything that I have, God gave it to me. And so when I, when Carla and I write a check to City Point Community Church, we are not out of the kindness of our heart donating money to the church and being benevolent because we're good people and we want the church to be able to do things to help people. No, that is not a donation. That is an allocation. I am bringing back to God or I am placing God's money in the place that God has Uh, commanded me to place his money. That is what I am doing when I am tithing. I'm allocating to God's preferred destination. And so God spoke to them through Malachi the prophet, and he says to them, return to me, and I will return to you. God is saying, let's stop playing with each other. Let's stop playing these games. Return to me, and I will return to you. Let's reconcile. He says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. 
And then after that, the text takes two movements that I want us to look at for the sake of this sermon. First, it provides for us the explanation of why. And then secondly, it provides for us an invitation to try. Let's talk about this explanation of why. He says, so that there may be meat in my house, right? He's talking about the storehouse. In the temples, there were uh, storehouses, and these storehouses uh, stored uh, extra uh, produce, extra grains that were to be used for several reasons. One, it was to be used to provide support for those who were dedicating their entire lives to the work of the temple, to the burning of the incense, to the worship, to the preaching of the word, to the studying of the word, um, to the service to the people, these Levites, these tribes that were not giving land, given land in the allocation. They were not given land because they were to live off of the tithe. And so that was the one purpose. But then the other purpose was so that there would always be something in the storehouse so that if the people did not have, the people could come to the temple and they could eat because there was something in the storehouse for them. I want, to think, want you all to think about it this way. Let's say that um, back when the holidays were here, you had invited um, um, some people. Let's say it's not COVID time. You invited some people to your house. They are from out of town. They come to the house. You have told them, y'all, don't get a hotel. I will be insulted if you come uh, to my city and stay in a hotel. You are my line brother. You are my line sister. Or we went to college together. Or you are my blood cousin or whatever it happens to be. Y'all not staying in a hotel. You are staying in my house. And you invite them and they have, have traveled and they have come to your house. And you've got the beds all laid out. And you've got the guest room set up for them. You've got the linens and stuff laid out. Beds set up for them. And, and, and there's only one problem. There's no food in the refrigerator. How embarrassed are you that you have invited them to your house and, and they have this expectation that you will be a good host, but, but the reality is you can't be a good host and show good hospitality because ain't nothing but like a, a box of Chinese food in your refrigerator. Church of the living God, let me just say to you, should never not have groceries lest we have to turn the hungry souls and hungry bellies away. We um, at City Point get a lot of requests that come in, whether it is through the community fund or requests that come in other ways for people that need support. We are living in the best of times and worst of times in this pandemic. Some of us are living better than we have ever lived before, but some are genuinely struggling during this time. And one of the places that people know that they can turn and should know that they can turn is the church of the living God. And, 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 and there has never been a time when we have received a request that we have turned it down. But let me say to you that that is only because of the, gener of, of the faithfulness. I almost said generosity, but let me put it right. The faithful stewardship of those who bring the tithe into the storehouse so that the refrigerator is never empty, the account is never empty, and we never have to say to somebody that is genuinely in need that we cannot help you because the cupboards are bare. That is the work, that is the function of the temple. That is the function of the storehouse. Secondly, way to think about this is that when the funds are low, right? 
when God's stack starts to get a little short, you have to start compromising or neglecting things as it relates to the things of God and the church. I'm going to just be real frank right here for a second with y'all. I do not want to offer God a half-baked, neglected church experience. I want to offer God better than that. Let's be honest, y'all. You get what you pay for. And let's, let's, let's just talk real talk for a second. There are churches in our city where stairs are falling down, paints, chips are falling off the ceiling of the church. In some cases, they can't worship in the main sanctuary. They have to worship in the basement because the roof is leaking in the main sanctuary and there's no money to fix it. I, 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 I refuse to offer unto God, unto service unto God, that which is lower than I would offer for my family or any of you. I declare that 2021 forward, we will not for the future deliver a half-baked anything for God. I have, I have, for the course of these 12 years of City Point, we have been incredibly scrappy. I'm talking about incredibly scrappy. We have um, doubled our church space as an event venue so that the money from that can help underwrite some of the expenses of the church and, and have built a business. And so simultaneously, while pastoring a church, I have for also City Point helped establish and run a business to help this thing to help this thing grow and to help this thing go. We have been incredibly frugal and great stewards over the money and people have been incredibly generous with their time. Many people who have worked as contractors should have been full-time people, but it is because of their sacrifice that we have been able to do ministry as a small church that looks like big church. We have punched well above our weight, and they have come because of scrappiness and because of people sacrificing. But I'm going to say this, and I'm going to draw a line in the sand, and those that can't get with this, this may just not be the church for you. The line that I'm drawing in the sand is that going forward, we cannot continue to function in scrappiness because it means that somebody else or something else needs to sacrifice only because everybody won't carry their weight. Let me see if I can put it in better terms for you. When I was in high school, I used to smoke a little weed. Let me put it better for you and more honestly for you. When I was in high school, I used to smoke a whole lot of weed. And, 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 and every time you get ready to, 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 to buy some weed, we used to call it Annie and up, right? And so everybody puts in a little money on the weed. But sometimes, I would even say a lot of times, there's always somebody that want to smoke for free. They don't want to put no money on it. They just want to smoke. In the words of Smokey and Friday, Man, you didn't put in on this. I want to say to all of you that are listening to me, 
Those of you that are on the sideline, those of you that are benefiting from City Point, that love City Point, that love what we offer, that love what we do for the culture, I need you to put in on this, man. I I need for it not to simply be the faithful group of people that are tithing, that are sacrificing, that are giving their tenth. It functions like HOA dues in in a condo. Carl and I lived in a townhouse Um, community one time. We also lived in a condo uh, community one time. And the way HOAs worked is like this. Um, Everybody has a portion that they are responsible for, right? You you own your unit, but somebody's got to clean the hallways. Somebody's got to shovel the snow outside in the winter. If you got a parking lot in the back, somebody's got to plow the snow in that parking lot. Eventually, the parking lot is going to have to get repaved. Even though you own your individual unit, there's a roof on the whole thing. And so everybody's got to put in a little bit of money to make sure that we're called the common expenses, right? The insurance for the whole building, the, the, the water for the entire building, the garbage that needs to get picked up for the whole building, the, the roof that is at some point going to have to get replaced for the whole building. You put in your little bit of money, right? your 150 assessments, your $250 monthly assessments because you are paying toward your part of the expenses and also toward a reserve, right? So that when big things need to be fixed, they can be repaired rather than just be neglected, right? Everybody's got to lift their part. They've got to do their part. Tithing works the same way, y'all. With the tithe, we, we are not sending any money up to heaven. Anybody that tells you that is lying to you. What, what your tithe does is, is, is these musicians that are here and they are coming out during a pandemic and in some cases they're risking their health to be able to, hear, to, to, be able to come here to offer words of, of worship and to offer songs. When they come here, we pay them real cash. When, when the singers do their thing, we pay them cash. When the videographer does their work, when the editor does their work, when the sound engineer does their work, when everybody that is on our staff does their work, they get paid in real money. We don't pay them prayer money. We don't pay them, pay them faith money. We pay them in real money. And guess where that money comes from? The storehouse the money that you give every Sunday. And it is because of the generosity of so many of you that we have been able to do that. But let me tell you that some of us are bearing the load for everybody else, and we need y'all to come on too. We need y'all to put in on the weed. Stop smoking for free. I want to push you that that, that if, if you are still at the place that you do not trust God and and the church that you eat from, enough to give, there's a problem with your faith, and you really need to check it. If, 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 if that is where you are, I, I just, I got to honestly say that you legit need to check your faith. Money is a stronghold in some people's lives. Money is legit a stronghold in people's lives, and it does not just manifest in church. It manifests in relationships. Let me show you. Um, um, some people are willing to share their bodies, but not their bank accounts, right? Um, so you can be like married to somebody 
and you trust them with your body, right? You have unprotected, you are intimate, uh, unprotected, you trust them with your body and all of that. There is no cure for for the HIV virus. You trust them with your body. It could be a person sometimes that you're not even married to, and you trust them with your body. You are willing to be, some people are willing to be intimate, unprotected, trusting them with your body. But then those same people, if I were to ask some of the same married couples that are trusting each other with their body, do you have a joint bank account? No, I ain't ready for that. It's because money has a stronghold over some of us, right? We are willing to trust our very bodies, but not our money. Sometimes it functions that way with God. And we need to check ourselves there. We need to really check ourselves there. Because there's some narratives out there about churches and what they do with money and manipulate people and take people's money or they're just in it for the money or the money is just being spent on the pastor and and all those kinds of narratives. But the reality is you know that City Point is not that church and you know that I am not that pastor. And that is the reason that you are a part of this church. There is a deeper thing that is going on for some people that refuse to tithe, that won't tithe, and that has nothing to do with the credibility of the church, nothing to do with the credibility of God, and nothing to do with the credibility of me. It is in your ability to trust as it relates to money. And so in Malachi, he does a second movement. He not only gives an explanation of why, why it's needed, why we should give, because it is very functional, because it is very practical, but he then goes on from there and he gives an invitation to try. Verse 10 says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, not a part of it, bring all of it, so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you will not have enough room to take it in. Try it. This is the only time in the Bible that God says, put me to the test. God says, test me. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. God invites us to try him, to put him to the test. Y'all, I've tried him. That's the only reason I believe in this stuff. I've tried him. When I was 14, 14 years old working at Woodfield Mall, working at the McDonald's in the mall, my little $6 an hour job, my mama taught me to try him when I was 14 off that little check. Tried him then. I tried him when I worked in high school at Taco Bell. I tried him because my mama and my grandmama taught me to try him. I watched my grandmama try him on Social Security. Tried him. And she never wanted for anything. I I tried him when I had my little customer service jobs when I was in college. I tried him. I I tried him when we were flipping properties. I kept trying him. And he kept proving himself faithful. So this that I'm telling you is not my hustle. This, what I'm telling you, is not a church hustle. This is a part of your faith journey. This is a part of your relationship with God. And I can tell you 100% that God has not lied to me yet. What God has done is he has made the 90% that I get to keep spend like 150%. 
I don't know what's wrong with God's math. It somehow does not function like our math. But somehow when I have 100% and I give God the 10%, the other 90% spins like it's a whole lot more. I don't know. It is the favor of God. His word says try him. I dare y'all. I dare y'all. If we are going to do this thing, if we are really going to take this to the next level and be a church for millennials that is about Jesus and justice and about reclaiming what Christianity and the faith is supposed to be about and doing it across the globe, leveraging digital means, I need all of y'all to try them. Because I'm going full steam ahead. I am not doing cheap half-baked ministry in 2021. We are going all the way. We are not going to figure out how to do a lot with a little. We are going to figure out how to do a whole lot with a whole lot because we are all as a community going to try him. Yeah, we all going to put in on the weed this year. We, we, we are all going to put in our share. We are all going to carry our load this year. And why are we going to do it? Because we're going to bring much glory to God. There are people, because of the faithfulness of the givers here at City Point, of the tithers at City Point, who live in faraway spaces. There is no City Point in their neighborhood. There is no City Point in their state. There is no dopest church on the planet in their state. But they get to be a part of this community because of your investment and your giving toward us being able to do this thing digitally. Because you are trying him. And we're taking it to a whole nother level because you are trying. There are people that, that needed to hear what we put out uh, during our Do the Right Thing series. There was a, that was a time when the nation was hurting and God had told us to do that series. God told me to do that series in November of 2019. God said do that series in June, uh, uh, in, in the summer of 2020. God already knew before we even knew what was going to happen that month. And God did it. God did it. And people needed to see it. People needed to experience it the way that it was given. People needed black as king the way that we delivered. But those things, cost, those things cost money. And we are not going back. We got to take it to another level as it relates to what we do for our kids' ministry. It is going to take another level of investment. And I am not going to compromise. I am not going to say to kids that are three and four and five years old that uh, when we get a little more money, maybe by the time that you're nine or ten, we we can provide for you a really strong transformational uh, children's ministry experience. No, we are going to do it now. We are all going to put in on the weed. Let me just say, if this is not a place that you can put in, put in on the weed on, I think there are some other ciphers and circles for you to jump into where you can smoke for free. But we need everybody. I need everybody, and I don't, need, I don't just need you because of your money. We are happy to pour into anybody, but I, I, I don't need people that are along for the journey to tag along while other people are carrying the load. I need everybody, and this is tough for me to say because I don't like to ask nobody for nothing, but when it comes to where God is calling our ministry to go, I need y'all to try him. The invitation to try. I got a question for y'all. Can you tell me 
whether or not this tea is bitter or sweet. Can't, can you? Why can't you tell me whether or not this tea is bitter or sweet? I know the answer. It's because you never tried it. I'm pushing y'all. I'm pushing you. For those of you that have never trusted God with tithing, or, or maybe you fell off. You got distracted. Some other things came up that you needed to take care of. Let me invite you back in. Or let me invite you in for the first time. Try it. And discover that he is sweet. The psalmist says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I need some ride or die folks with me. That's what I need. I'm, I'm, our team, we're giving our life to this work. I just need some ride or die folks with us. That's like, yo, I'm in. I believe in this. I, I know so many of y'all believe in this. So many of y'all have moved out of state and y'all like, it don't matter. I'm still, I'm rocking with City Point. Y'all are deep. Y'all are a part of the tribe. I need everybody. Let's try it together. Here, here is something that was in my spirit just yesterday, and I'm going to call it out, and I'm going to call it out in faith. So this year is the best year that we ever had, or 2020, I should say, was the best year that we ever had, close to, uh, close to a half a million dollars, City Point Community Church, between City Point Loft and the church. It's the best year we have ever had. One of the things we realized as the board was working out, putting together the budget for the next year, we're doing some hiring, and we, we recognize the next steps that we need to take, and it's, the, this budget has some faith built into it as well, is we realize that half a million is great, but as we really think about the vision, as we really think about what I believe is God's calling for our church, what we really need is probably close to a million. And so you can do one of two things. You can start to get scrappy again. You can start to talk about what you're not going to do until X, Y, Z. Or you can realize the urgency of now. And rather than function from a standpoint of how much do we have, so what can we do? Function from a standpoint of what do we need to do, so how much do we need? Here's what I'm going to invite you into believing God with me for in 2021. That 2021 will be the first million dollar year for City Point Community Church. We prayed and we fasted for 22 weeks. Started in the middle of summer. We prayed and we fasted for 22 weeks for God to give us new presidential leadership. Some of y'all had never fasted before. Never in your life had fasted before. You jumped in on it and you prayed and you fasted for 22 weeks. And we did that, y'all. 22 weeks and we got a new president. We bombarded heaven and we said like, like, uh, like Jacob, I will not let you go until, we, until you bless me. I want to invite you into the same space with me to pray and to fast with me. Starting January 12th, 
were praying and were fasting together 22 weeks for resources. I want to invite those of you that need resources for your business or need resources for other things, I want to also invite you into the prayer and fasting for 22 Tuesdays. We're going to pray and fast for resources. 2021, we're praying that this will be City Point Community Church's first million-dollar year. And the level of ministry that we will be able to do will be next level. I want to do housing. I want to help people that have uh, never bought homes before, that just need to get over the hurdle of having a down payment. I want to do that from our community fund. We're going to need some more money to do that. This year, we help people that fell on hard times. I want to be able to continue to do that, but I want to take it to a new level. I want, at least a, a, I want at least a half a dozen new homeowners in City Point Community Church that perhaps couldn't do it because they needed some financial help, and we were able to help them do that because we provided that help. I want to do that. I want to go to the next level. I want to take our activism to the next level. We talk about it. We go in the streets and we march about it. I want to bring a community organizer on board for our team that can represent City Point Community Church, that can organize the church, and that can do organizing in the community on behalf of City Point Community Church. It's going to take some money to do that. I want to take our efforts, our thoughts around Jesus and justice and policies that need to change. And not only do I want to organize through a community organizer that's on our team, but I also want a lobbyist on our team that can also begin to help craft bills and promote bills both in the city, uh, both in the city, in the state, so in Springfield, and also in D.C., right? Like, that is what it looks like if we truly want the Lord's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need changes in Springfield. We need changes in Chicago City Hall. We need changes in Washington, D.C. These are things that I want to push out on. I want us to have one of the most incredible children's church experiences that we could ever put together. My daughter spends countless hours on YouTube Kids uh, every single uh, week. I want her to be able to meet Jesus on YouTube Kids, and that is a place that I want us to expand our production to, but it's going to take money for us to do that. Our space is inadequate for us to be able to accommodate all the members of City Point and all of our children when we finally come back together in 2021. We are going to need more space. We are not going to try to make do and stuff somebody in this subpar corner and expect somebody to want to work that way. No, we are going to have adequate stuff for what we need. But in order to do that, we're going to need the resources and we're going to bombard heaven and God is going to take care of us. That's my word for today. That is my word for today. And I thank you all for being with me on this journey. I thank you. And I thank you in advance for joining me in prayer and faith, believing God. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for what you have said to us, for what you have spoken to us. I pray in the name of Jesus that it will have reached the hearts of the people uh, in the way that it was sent. Uh, I pray, God, that you will provide for us all the resources that we need. You will stir the heart of all the givers so everybody would trust. I pray and I thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen.